This is Geek 4, a podcast about fans, fandom, and fan culture. I'm Dr. Michael Boyce. Everyone likes something, but what are you a geek for? More often than not, it's pretty easy to become a fan of something. Either we're told from a young age that we should like something, or something grabs our attention and appeals to us on a gut level. Whether it's a show, a sport, a sports team, a movie, a book, a type of art, gardening. And when you love something, you can usually weather small disappointments. A bad season or trade, a bad spin-off, a miscasting, a difficult technique you can't quite seem to master. But what if that disappointment is more profound? When the creator, founder, or actor that you love has been accused of something criminal or immoral, predatory practices, hate speech, assault. How does that impact your ability to identify as a fan of something? Does being a fan mean we have to ignore such accusations or charges? Do such charges or accusations mean we have to stop being a fan of something? Is it ever cut and dry? Today I'm talking to Kendra Monk. Kendra is the organizer and brains behind the annual sing-along with Horrible Feeling once more, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer Dr. Horrible sing-along event that I love so much here in Winnipeg. She's a huge fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and has had to navigate her fandom through some pretty damning accusations made against Buffy creator Joss Whedon. Kendra, welcome to Geek 4. Thank you for having me. Let's start with the autobiographical and the personal. So how did you get into Buffy the Vampire Slayer originally? Yeah. Um, so I watched the Buffy movie, which came first before the Buffy TV series. Um, I think what well, came out in 1992. I don't know if I saw it right when it came out because I was only five years old. But I do remember watching the movie and being drawn to it, like the campiness of it and just the quirkiness um, and then when the show first aired, which was in March 1997, I, I was a month shy of 10 years old. And I remember watching the premiere on a small, like 10 inch TV in my dining room and being a little unimpressed and being like, oh, come on, this isn't even the same actor that's playing Buffy. Like, this is ridiculous. Um, but by the first commercial break, I was hooked and I was just drawn in from that. So, One of the things Buffy fans often say to new fans or people who are just getting in is like, <laughs> get through season one. Your your experience with season one was a little different. <laughs> it's yes. not Christy Swanson. <laughs> yes, exactly. But again, by the first commercial break, I was just like, oh, never mind. This is amazing. This is its own thing. And I am in it for life. So, yeah. As somebody who's who who has gone back to see the movie after watching the series, like it's it's night yeah. and day. It's so different. Oh, for sure, for sure. And that's another thing that people will often say to people trying to get them into the show, right? Being like, it's nothing like the movie. <laughs> In fact, oh. avoid the movie if you can, yes. <laughs> you can help it. Yeah. Yes, a hundred percent. So, I mean, how does it how does it develop and grow? Like, so season one, <laughs> you're hooked. The little ten year old Kendra. Mm-hmm. Yep. How do you become a fan? What does your fandom look like? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, and part of that, I think, goes to why I was so attracted to it, right? So um, I, I will often freely state that I think the 
one of the biggest influences on my life has been Buffy. But then the other biggest one I would cite is my sister, who is 10 years older than me and cool as all heck. Um, so being that she was a teenager at the same time I was watching this other kick butt woman be fantastic, I think that that was a big factor in getting me into it too, right? And so, you know, how that how that looked over the years is that, um, you know, as a whole in terms of the fandom, like it's hard for me to speak for everybody, but, you know, I think it's changed over the years. It's aged over the years. The fandom has aged, you know? I think it uh, started out very small. You know, the show itself was a mid-season replacement. I don't think anybody expected it to really last. And um, it developed, as they say, that kind of cult-like following, right? And then started with, um, as it picked up more steam, I think there was conventions that started around it, you know, became more mainstream over the course of the show, even though it was never like the top, top hit, but it was like, you would find people who loved Buffy and it was like, oh yeah, you're my people, you know, you're my people. I remember first hearing about it when I was in university and a lot of the religion and culture majors who were my friends uh, would talk about it. And they just had this absolute reverence for the show and being the film and literature nerd that I was, I was like, that doesn't sound very cool. So it did take me a while to get into it, but once you get in, it's, 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 it's an amazing show. And yeah, science fiction fantasy shows never get the acclaim. Um, right. But Sarah Michelle Gellar is doing amazing work throughout the whole show. And she's not the only one. There's lots of people who are doing really, really good work mm -hmm. um, in terms of their character development and, and the story arcs are great. And then is it seven years ago that you start this amazing event? Well, how old is my youngest kid? Cause that's how <laughs> the event is pretty much. Um, so yeah. Yeah. About six years around there. I, I, yeah, wow. That's, it was that's... going, it was, it was definitely going into its sixth season, as we call it. Like every year that we do the event, we call it a, a new season, um, kind of in keeping with the theme of Buffy. So it was going into its sixth season last year when COVID hit. So, where did you get this idea? And for people who have not had the absolute pleasure of going, which I have <laughs> every year, uh, I even dress up, which does not happen very often. <laughs> What is this event like? How has it changed and what is mm. it what does it feel like to be there? Oh, okay. That was a lot of questions within one. But um to start off with uh I guess what made me think of of starting it is that like well I, I've I've been in love, like absolutely in love with the musical episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer since it aired, right? In 20, 2001. Mm. And uh and I was 14. And I always thought like it would be so cool to watch this on the big screen, you know, get together with a bunch of friends and just really belt along to it poorly um, instead of just watching it and singing loudly in my parents' basement, um, doing it with better <laughs> acoustics. Um, and so while I was on mat leave with my uh, second kiddo and I had recently finished my master's degree in thesis, I apparently didn't have enough to do. Um, and my husband suggested like, hey, why not look into this now? You know, you've always wanted to after I made a comment about, about it while rewatching the series. And so I called uh, a local theater that day called the Park Theater in Winnipeg. Um, and I chose that location basically because it was super close to us. Um, so we thought, okay, well, let's check this out. They were super into it from the get-go. And the feel of the park was just perfect too. It felt very much 
like the bronze kind of music live event kind of venue club that already exists within Buffy the show. So just like, oh, this is a perfect, perfect marriage. <laughs> it, it is it is so amazing to walk in and see all of these people from all over Winnipeg and actually now North America, because people have come <laughs> from other places. It's true. All gathering together to to watch this and participate in it. It's like a Rocky horror experience. It's mm. like you make these amazing gift bags with <laughs> stuff inside that we can play with during the show. It's, it's incredible. That's, that's part of it. And it started small, right? Like it just started as a, as just myself, a bunch of friends and, you know, the extended geeky and Buffy fan kind of community in Winnipeg that we knew um, renting out the park theater together um to be able to watch the shows and we just thought it'd be cool if we could do a costume contest right we could do little participation bags and stuff um alongside it while we watch and and do things with those items that were themed to the show so like blowing bubbles when there's a love song or like you know the most popular thing was um my husband's invention he's very proud of this um so christmas you know those christmas crackers right Mm -hmm. and so um built little like hearts around them that were kind of like cut in half. And then, so we called them heart stakers instead of heartbreakers. And so we pull, you pull them apart when something sad happens, which, you know, in these types of series is, is a lot of times there's lots of opportunities. So things like that. And then it's just kind of grown to be, you know, grown to, to be more than that. And as the community extends and, and what we wanted to do with it extended. And so um, we did, we started doing charitable components as well. So we've done um, fundraisers for like local food banks and then um, like silent auctions for charity, things like that. I always keep a heart staker until Giles <laughs> realizes that he's been too much of a father figure. I like I oh. hold it on to that, to that moment. Yeah. To be in a darkened theater during Walk Through the Fire and people are holding up little mm-hmm. votive, you know, uh, battery operated candles <laughs> is unbelievable. Like it is an experience that people, you know, if you like the show, you should really make your way down to the park. It does sell out every year because <laughs> it's become very popular. Um, you must be so proud of it. Like you really, and you should be. <laughs> I am. I'm really, um, yeah, I, I'm proud. I'm proud of uh, the community that that's gathered around it, right? And the things that we've been able to do. And you know, even though it's a, a short um, evening, that's pretty jam packed because we've got the the Buffy musical, we've got the Doctor Horrible, and then we filled it with like entertainment, and it, like after intermission, costume contests, trivia, prizes, like all those kinds of things. We still managed to do something good, mm-hmm. like in terms of like being able to pool some resources and and do some kind of fundraiser for charity, which is also always themed as well off of mm-hmm. what like season we're doing of the event. So, yeah. So to get into the more uncomfortable part now, allegations about Joss's conduct have been surfacing for a few years. Yeah. There was a letter from his ex-wife that indicated that his feminism was performative in order to take advantage of people, brought up his infidelity. Mm-hmm. Then there's the Ray Fisher stuff out of Justice yeah. League. And then most recently, and I, I, for me personally as a Buffy fan, the most damning, mm-hmm. Charisma Carpenter and um, a couple of the other uh, female actors on the show have come out and basically kind of confirmed everything. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about navigating this. This is hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's been rough. Yeah, I think it's been almost a month, maybe since Mm -hmm. the, since the most recent things have come out. 
um, with charisma, as you're saying, which kind of spearheaded this new resurgence. But, you know, it's it wasn't a surprise. I can't say it was a surprise, as you said, right? Like it's been things have been trickling for years now. So it's it's not a surprise. It's still devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's and it was really, really rough. Um, you know, and and like I said, I'll often freely share that, you know, Buffy wasn't just a show to me, and I don't think it is to other people either, right? Like, and certainly it is, but it's also so much more for so many people. Um, you know, it was like I said, one of those profound influences on who I am as a person, right? Everything from my personality, my mannerisms, my even even my career choice in the social services sector. And it's been a shared love between my husband and I and discussed on our first date and beyond and, you know, been a common connecting point there. And so it's hard for that. Um, and I think for so many of us, it's hard because of what the show represents, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think a, a meme I saw that emerged after this kind of said it best, which was, well, not a meme, but like a, a screenshot of a tweet, right? Uh, like, it's funny to me that Joss Whedon's work helped turn me into a person that never wants, that wants Joss Whedon to, to not work ever again, right? Because of the message of the work and just the hypocrisy of it and, um, and, and the parallel of so much good coming out of that show and the groundbreaking everything that it did, just not just for TV, but for things like um, the relationships, like queer relationships and representation of queer relationships on TV, like one of the first mainstream, like, and huge on so many levels. Certainly the most positive. Um, yes. The, the, the Tara Willow relationship is, is just um, unbelievable, which reminds me, <laughs> One of my favorite things also about the event is you in the, in the Tara dress. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, have thanks. the Tara dress from the, from the musical episode. <laughs> yeah. My friend uh, made that uh, over many, many uh, hours of trying to get it, you know, just like the series and, and they did a great job of it. So thank you to them. It definitely feels like the last batch of accusations are, mm-hmm. are the ones that are, are kind of people are taking more seriously. I looked around, you said it was about a month now. I looked around and saw like, this is the first time I've seen male actors from the yeah. shows make statements. Um, finally. Finally. Um, and some of the female actors in the show taking pretty hard stance, like Sarah Michelle Gellar's response. Right. She's proud to be associated with, with Buffy. She does not always want to be linked to Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. That's pretty damning. Yep. It, it feels like there's a shift. Yep. Does it affect how you watch the show? Does it does it complicate it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't watched it since. Like, I'm I'm not doing a rewatch of the series right now. Um, I haven't started that. Like, usually I'll do it. Um, kind of in time for the event, so I can kind of be, you know, where the music musical takes place that episode in season six I kind of try to get myself like up to that point by the time the event comes around and get really like into it and geared up um but yeah I mean it's brought um with it so many questions for me right um like how how do I reconcile my love of that show in the past and how do I move forward engaging with these beloved works um, in the future, and what does that also mean for the event that we do? So, yeah, it's it's been a lot of questions, and um, I feel like I, I have more questions than answers still. Like I don't, 
you know, I don't know um, a definitive thing to say. And I think that's a personal journey that we are all going on. Um, you know, I think it's interesting that you brought up the Sarah Michelle Geller statement, right? Because, and reading so many articles of other people who are grappling with this mm -hmm. and, um, you know, pointing out that like hundreds of people worked on these shows, right? Um, and even the fact of like now knowing that this guy behind the scenes was all kinds of awful in a lot of ways. Um, and yet these people still manage to produce something of this caliber and something of this significance that still holds up 20 years down the line, 20 plus years down the line is really saying something, right? And if we can listen to what the voices are of the folks who are speaking out about the things that have happened and the abuses that have been suffered and, and what they want. And so Sarah Michelle Geller is kind of a, an example of that, right? Mm -hmm. Saying like, I love my name associated with Buffy, but just not so much for Joss Whedon. And so although those discussions about what we're doing with the event itself are kind of early and we're still trying to figure it all out in terms of us and the organizational team, I think that's a probably a pretty good, you know, guidepost for moving forward on it. Mm -hmm. It will, it will shape the event. I think yeah. like people will, I mean, something will have to be said. You will yeah. be the person who has to say it. Uh, <laughs> lucky, lucky you. But yeah. no, I, I think, I think what you are articulating is something that most of us should be feeling. And, and not only like, this is not unique to Buffy fandom. You know, we're seeing the same thing with Harry Potter fandom and J.K. Rowling's transphobic yes. statements. Um, yeah. I used to be a really big Woody Allen fan. That ain't happening uh -huh. anymore. People people wrestle with this with this stuff all the time. And yeah, I, I I appreciate you coming on and talking about it in such a eloquent and articulate way. Thank you. You're welcome. Are you up for some quick response questions? Um, yes, I will try my best to be quick. <laughs> okay. Angel or Spike? Oh, oh gosh. Um, the, one of the most common questions. Okay, how quick do I have to be? <laughs> uh, I feel like this is not a fast question. Um, I, 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 love, I love both of them for the moments that they had in Buffy's life that enabled her to become the person she became. So, I think that's the best I can do. <laughs> so, so, so Spike. <laughs> <laughs> sure, we'll say that for now. Sure. But also, I have mixed feelings about that whole thing, too. Sure. That's, and that becomes even more complicated now. So complicated. Yeah. yeah. What was the first thing you were a geek for? Hmm. Stickers, maybe? Sticker books? That Stickers were really good. Yeah, that was all the rage, which I think led to, like, my love for, like, office supplies you know, post-it notes, brightly colored things. I'll hook you up with some good post-it notes. I have some good oh, okay. I love post-it notes. Um, yeah. What is the geekiest thing you own? Um, I, uh, well, uh, we have custom created Buffy and Angel wedding cake toppers that we made for a wedding. I think that might be up there. Like I have some replica props and stuff. And I think if you tell people you own an orb of Thessala, you know, that might come across as pretty geeky. So, I, you know, one of those. I love it. Is there something that people think you'd be a geek for, but for whatever reason you could never get into? I really hate to say this, but um, maybe Firefly. 
which is another Joss Whedon creation. I know. So like I have watched it. I've enjoyed it, but I don't, I don't absolutely geek out over it. Um, It wasn't my absolute faith. And I've, you know, like I've seen through it a couple times, but um, yeah, not my favorite. Fair, fair. If people are in Winnipeg or looking to travel and are interested in joining the sing along with horrible feeling once more season six, where can they find information? Um, So we're on social media. People can type in just hashtag WPG and then D-R-B-U-F-F-Y to be like kind of easier. Or you can type in that whole thing, that sing along with horrible feeling once more. And you can find it that way. I'll link to it in the show notes. Thank you so much, Kendra. Thank you for giving me some of your time tonight. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me on. Thank you for joining me on Geek 4. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Geek4Pod or me on Twitter at MWBoyce. If you listen on Apple Podcast, click the subscribe button and consider leaving a five-star review. Be sure to join us next time when we learn what someone else is a geek for.